You are listening to the Bellator Christi podcast, brought to you by bellatorchristi.com. Now join your host, Brian Chilton, as we enter the arena of ideas. study through the book of Acts. Uh, Today we're going to talk about, uh, obviously as you know, tomorrow is a big day. Uh, We have school starting back tomorrow, at least here in our county. And uh, we have another big thing happening tomorrow. Anybody know what it is? Eclipse, absolutely a solar eclipse. And it's your anniversary too, isn't it, on the solar eclipse day. So so, uh, wonderful day, a happy anniversary to Bob and Brenda as well tomorrow. Uh, for their anniversary forthcoming uh, on, on the day of the eclipse. Acts chapter 5, 12 through 16 tells us about a different type of eclipse that can take place uh, with God. You know, when we talk about the solar eclipse, we're talking about a time when the sun, or excuse me, the moon, uh, intercedes or interferes between, uh, steps between the light of the sun and the earth. And for us in this area, uh, it's, it's still, we're not going to have a total eclipse but we're going to get pretty close to it. 90% is what they say we'll have. And so there's going to be a substantial, uh, a substantial eclipse in our area. Uh, this only happens every 90 years. And I started thinking about that last night as I was going over uh, the message. I thought uh, chances are likely that only the youngest in our congregation could potentially be around whenever the eclipse happens. For me, 
and most of the rest of us, we won't be here by the time the next eclipse takes place. So this is an amazing event. Uh, often it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. So, uh, so, but we talk about Scripture, how God, I think, inter- uh, steps between us and the problems that we have in life. So let's take a look. Everyone who can and is able, please stand in honor of the reading and hearing of God's precious holy word. Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. The word of God says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders. Those are two very important Two very important words there. If you underline your Bible, you may want to even highlight those two words. Signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord, as we read about just a few moments ago, in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter, here again we see almost like an eclipse taking place, where the shadow of Peter or the apostles would come upon the people, uh, that it would fall upon them and that they would be healed. That's the type of power the Holy Spirit had in the early movement of the church so that uh, Peter could walk by in his shadow, the eclipse, his eclipse you could say, would have the power of the Holy Spirit and people would be healed by simply the shadow of the apostles falling upon them. Also a multitude, verse 16 says, gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the blessings of life and for your word. We just simply ask, Lord, this morning that you allow me to speak the words that need to be spoken and hold back any words that don't need to be spoken. So that in and through it all, Lord, that you would open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, and open our hearts that we'll apply these truths and be better for it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen and amen. You may be seated. As I mentioned, tomorrow... Uh, in fact, I've noticed I was driving to Winston the other day and noticed that they had signs up warning of traffic tomorrow. Uh, in, you know, lots of traffic will be around the area they're, they're suggesting because of a major event that's taking place tomorrow. Tomorrow, and that is the solar eclipse. This is a once in this happens in our area once every 90 years, at least to the degree that we have it tomorrow. And I was listening to a scientist on the radio the other day, and he says. Please, you only have two minutes. It'll begin about 1 o'clock. It will completely end at 4 o'clock. But there'll be a window of two minutes, right around 2, 2.30ish, somewhere along that time, where, where the eclipse will take place in all of its grandeur. And he says, please, don't waste your time playing on your smartphones, playing on your cameras, trying to get a good picture of it. Because he said, if you do, you're going to miss the wonder of what's taking place. He says, because in those two minutes' time, you're going to notice some incredible things taking place tomorrow. One, and this is something that I think is going to be interesting, the animals will all become silent because they know within them that there's something that's taking place, something unusual taking place. So the birds of the skies, the animals of the field, they'll all go really quiet. They'll all go really quiet. Secondly, darkness will cover the area. He said, uh, this guy being one who goes around the world uh, chasing these solar eclipses, he says, darkness will cover the area and you're going to be amazed at how dark it gets here in the middle of the day. 
Number three, the aurora. If you have solar glasses, you may be able to see the aurora from the sun, almost like the aurora borealis or the northern lights. You're going to be see something like that coming across from the moon, out from the sun. You're going to see these arcs of light coming out from around the moon from the solar eclipse. He said, you're also, even if you don't have the uh, NASA-approved solar glasses, you're going to notice crescent shapes, crescent shadows filling the area all around you when this takes place. And he says, and I'm really looking forward to this last thing, the temperature will drop at least 10 degrees for the period of time that that takes place. I'm going to tell you, I'm not a hot weather person. I'm half Irish. My ancestors were polar people. I'll tell you, this hot weather, I I don't do well in hot weather. And boy, that temperature drop of at least 10 degrees, I'm looking forward to that part, if nothing else. But these solar eclipses have fascinated humanity since the dawn of humanity. And what I think we can see in this passage of Scripture are four ways that God himself acts as an eclipse to us. As he stands in the gap when we have problems and we have situations and circumstances in our life where we are challenged, where we are maybe something is threatened in our life or, or something to that degree. Maybe we are anxious over something. We are fearful over something. We find ourselves in a weakened state. God has an eclipse in the fact that he stands in the gap between us and our problems, helping us to make through whatever circumstance, whatever situation we may find ourselves in. Four ways that God, four amazing ways that God acts like an eclipse, and we encourage you to follow along with us in the insert of your bulletin. In verse 12, we first of all see that God amazingly eclipses our weakness with his power. He eclipses our weakness with his power. Though we are weak, praise God, he is strong. Amen? Though we may find ourselves in a weakened state, though we may find ourselves in situations and circumstances where our bodies grow weak, where our emotions grow tired, where we become anxious and where we have all these things taking place, God remains the same. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega, He's the beginning and the end. He does not change, and praise God for that, amen? That God can be your strength in the midst of weakness. And I go back to verse 12. Look what happens in verse 12. And through the the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. A couple of things I want to, to bring out here. First and foremost, of those apostles, you see one Simon Peter, don't you? Now, now go back and remember back in the Gospels. Simon Peter did something when Jesus was on trial. Do you remember what he did? It caused a rooster to crow. You remember? He denied Jesus how many times? Three times. He denied that he ever knew Jesus three times. Yet this same Peter is standing back at Solomon's porch where they were told before not to go... He is standing at the same porch that he was instructed not to go by the same authorities that had threatened Jesus, that had crucified Jesus. What happened to Peter? Was was he still the weak Peter? Was he still the same man? Absolutely. The difference is, though he was weak, God was strong. Though he was in a weakened state, God worked through Simon Peter's weakness to demonstrate his strength. And we also see that God did many signs and wonders. The word signs is the word simeon, which means uh, these are miracles with a purpose. These are miracles that teach a lesson. 
I, I, lo- I love this about Jesus. Jesus was the greatest defender of the faith of all time. He was the greatest apologist because he would bring a lesson. He would teach a lesson, and if there were anyone who was doubting what he said, he would go and perform a miracle to prove what he was saying was right. <laughs> he proved before the entire world that he was the Son of God by walking out of that grave on the third on the third day, amen? He proved to the world that he was the Son of God. But he also uses the word wonders, which is the word terada, uh, t- uh, excuse me, terada, which means these are events that take place, miracles, uh, with a, an unusual event foretelling some future thing that is to take place. Uh, so through this, through the miracles that the Holy Spirit was doing through the apostles, he was bringing forth a message. Through their weakness, God was performing miracles to show his strength. And beloved, that's the wonderful thing that we can find about our Christian faith. In every other religion, in every other worldview, you see all these steps pointing to how you can reach God. It's only in Christianity that we see where God reached down to us. And that's exactly what happened through Jesus Christ. Though we are weak, he can still be glorified through our weakened state. Amen? Now, we may be weakened, we may be worn out, we may be uh, going through a lot of physical difficulties, but I want to tell you, if you give glory to God, through your weakness, God's strength will be demonstrated. And I think one illustration of this can be seen by the man known as Nabil Qureshi. I watched uh, his latest, uh, he has these video blogs, or they called, I think they call them vlogs. And uh, Nabil Qureshi is an individual who left the Muslim faith for Christianity because Jesus himself appeared to Nabil Qureshi in dreams and visions because he prayed, Jesus, if you are really who you say you are, I need to know, I, God, whoever you are, I want you to show me who you are. And sure enough, he began to see visions and uh, have dreams of Jesus. It's an amazing thing because in the Muslim religion, they have these books that uh, will go through when you have a dream. They'll have all these things that will list out in these Muslim books illustrating what those things in your dreams mean to pinpoint the message you're receiving in your dreams. The amazing thing about it, through his dreams, he was able to pinpoint that Jesus was communicating with him that he was the Son of God, that he needed to become a Christian. That's the amazing power of God Almighty. But unfortunately, Nabil Qureshi has uh, come down with stomach cancer. And uh, they had to recently replace his stomach with another stomach. And he he posted a video uh, just yesterday as he's lying here on this hospital bed tubes going in his arms and looking weaker than ever. But even still, he is giving glory to God through everything that's taking place. He hasn't given up hope that God could still work a miracle, but he's even said that if God doesn't, he knows that either way he's a winner. He knows either way it goes down, he's going to be just fine. But he just prays. He wants to get healed once, one particular reason for his daughter. He has a young girl, and he wants to see her grow up. But he knows and he realizes that God, regardless of what happens, that he's going to be fine. I heard uh, on, on this video blog that he has, there was a guy in the United States Marine Corps who was a veteran. And he said that he was absolutely amazed at the testimony of Nabil Qureshi. Because he said he's seen individuals on the battlefield not facing death with the courage that Nabil Qureshi has demonstrated. Through Nabil Qureshi's weakness, God is still strong. Through the weakness of his body and due to the, the influence of cancer, God is still the same God that he's always been. And beloved, I'm just simply trying to tell you this morning 
that no matter how weak our bodies become, no matter how weak we become physically, God is still the same God He's always been. And if we will submit ourselves to Him, His strength will, will pervade even through our weakest moments. Consider this, Moses had some form of speech impediment we see in uh, Exodus 4.10. He said, God, don't call me not to go before Pharaoh because I am slow of tongue. There's no way I can stand before Pharaoh and do this. God says, I'm going to be with you. I'll even give you Aaron to go with you. I want you to do this. And what and God used Moses, no, not to build an ark, <laughs> but he used Moses to deliver the people of Israel unlike anyone could ever imagine. It wasn't through Moses' power. Rather, it was through the power of God. Through Moses' weakness, God was glorified through his strength. David had a past, remember? Now, there are consequences to David's actions. Any, anything we do, there are going to be consequences. I remember Dad telling me as I was a little boy, Son, whatever you do in life, whether good or bad, is going to have consequences. Just know that. Choose wisely. Now, that's something I've remembered ever since I was not much older than Grayson, that every action has a reaction. We have to understand that. David's sin had a, a negative consequences, but God still forgave him. And he used him to be one of the greatest kings in all of Israel. Through David's weakness, God was still strengthened. God still got the glory because he submitted his heart and life to God Almighty. Peter, as we mentioned before in Luke 22, he was afraid, denying three times that he ever knew Jesus. Yet here now, Peter was standing in the same porch that the authorities had told him not to speak, proclaiming the glory of Almighty God. As Paul notes in 1 Corinthians 1.25, because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. You take the strongest human being that ever lived, they don't even hold a candle to the weakness of God. God has no weaknesses, but he's just using this as an illustration. Uh, you take the smartest person that ever lived, they don't even hold a candle to the wisdom of God. We serve a God like that, beloved. It doesn't matter what you face in life. It doesn't matter what circumstances may come your way. No matter how weak you become physically, God is still the same God He's always been. And He'll help you no matter what you're facing because of His great strength. Number two, God amazingly eclipses our fear with His defense. Now here in verse 13, we see a similar thing. That uh, they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. But we see a weird thing happening in verse 13. None of the rest uh, dared join them, but the apostles, uh, but the people, excuse me, esteemed them highly. And then we see in verse 14, and believers were increasingly added. It almost seems that it says no one joined them, but then again it says people were added. What's happening here? Well, it's, it's not exactly completely clear, but it either means one of two things. Either some of the Christians were afraid to go with Peter and the apostles into this colonnade because of the threats waged against them. Or it may have meant that a lot of the people that were coming to them previously were scared off because of what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. They said, well, you know, I don't know about this. The, the, the individuals who weren't true in their faith is what I'm trying to say, that they, they kind of fell away, I guess you would say. Yet those who were strong in the faith, we see with the apostles, they stood true to their faith, because not because of their own power, but because of the power of God working in them. It's important for us to understand this, that God, no matter, no matter how weak we are, 
no matter how uh, incapable we believe ourselves to be, God will provide us the defense we need when troubles come to make sure that we endure to the end. How many of you ever remember, how many of you remember Hurricane Hugo? Back in 1989, I remember we got, uh, we got off from school that day. That's one of the reasons I remember that. <laughs> got out of school, and they had a, we had a, had a hurricane day. If you remember, it was a Category 5 out in the Atlantic Ocean, and it came up, I believe it was on Wednesday, September 20th, it came up through Charleston, South Carolina, or in that area. And by 3 a.m. on Thursday, September 21st, it had reached Charlotte. It was still a Category 1 storm. And I remember it came up, I was living, of course, in Pilot Mountain at the time, and I remember my cousin and I, we went out there and we saw the eye wall of this thing come up. And I remember it was so intriguing seeing all the storm, the wind, the, the rain, and then all of a sudden it stopped. And I remember seeing these churning clouds moving over. I've always been a weather nerd anyhow. I love the weather, and, uh, the, you know, the universe and stuff like that. I'm a nerd and I claim it. <laughs> Not ashamed of it. But yeah, I remember all these clouds moving around, you know, and then all of a sudden it stopped. Everything stopped and grew, and grew quiet for a period of, what, maybe 30 minutes or something like that. And then the storm came back in. And I remember afterwards we all walked up the street and there were these trees, huge trees that were uprooted. I'd say some of the roots of these things nearly reached, would nearly reach the ceiling of our sanctuary here. These were huge trees. The thing is, the trees that, I, that we thought were strong, it would last, were taken down by the storm. You allow a storm to come, and a storm will, will show you the trees that are really strong from the trees that are weak. Amen? The trees that are strong are going to stay rooted. The trees that are not are going to be uprooted. Now, a lot of times, understand, and follow me here, a lot of times problems come our way. But God, through His power, not through our power, provides a defense so that we can last through any storm that comes our way. Understand, when your storms come your way, instead of looking at how big the storm is, we need to start looking at how big God is and understand He has the power, He has the ability to help us make it through any storm that may come our way. That's why we find in the Bible that genuine believers, those of us who've truly been saved by the grace of God, we can weather any storm that may come our way, no matter matter how much the devil tries to throw at us, and believe you me, as Philip said, if you're a threat to the devil, he's going to throw everything at you that you got, that he has, excuse me. He's going to throw everything at you that he has. For instance, our Bethany and Rhonda can verify this at our VBS. We had a computer set up, and out of nowhere, the thing stopped working. Did it not? It stopped working. <laughs> you can't tell me that the devil, that means we're doing something right, Amen. If you're doing something right, the devil's going to throw everything at you that he has in his power. But praise God, God's greater than the devil. Amen? We made it through. We had a blessed time. We had a wonderful time. But understand, the same spirit that brings salvation is the same spirit that brings repentance. And that's why, as we talked about last week, that he also comes through. He, he provides repentance for our heart and lives. He requires us to repent and turn our lives over to him, and he will help us endure. I've got to move on. I'm running out of time here. Number three, God amazingly eclipses our doubt with his faith. The faith that we have is a, is a gift given by God. Amen? The faith that we have is a gift given by God. Look at verse 14. Despite the threats that were waged against the apostles, look what happens here. Believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes, 
that word, uh, it, we get our word plethora from the Greek term used there. It means an enormous number of people, were, both men and women, were coming to the Lord through the witness and the power of the Holy Spirit operating through these early apostles. We see this, this verse links actually back to verse 12 where it talks about signs and wonders. And we see that despite the doubts that some people had about this group, despite the fact that some people were kind of keeping a safe distance, God was working through this group, this group of ragtag apostles, this group of ragtag Christians coming together from all walks of life. He was working through them signs and wonders that were bringing people to faith in an enormous way. Beloved, it's an amazing thing, and I am living proof of it, that if we have doubts... God has the answers. Amen? When we have doubts, God has the answers. At our uh, vacation Bible school, I shared this story. I'm actually, one of the books God used to bring me back into the faith, a stronger faith, was Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Well, Josh and his son Sean are working together to, to completely relaunch this book in an updated fashion and I have the privilege of being on the launch team. That's I, 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 just an honor for me because it's just the whole thing has come around full circle. It's all of God. It's come around full circle. The book that God used to, to bring me back to a strong faith, I'm actually part of the launch team now to help launch out this new edition of the book. And, John, and Sean McDowell says on, this, uh, on this, uh, these videos that they post, he said that he came to his dad, Josh McDowell. How many of you know who I'm talking about with Josh McDowell? Very prolific writer. He's written over 130 books. He speaks all across the world. Uh, Christian defender is Josh McDowell. Sean McDowell came to his dad, Josh, when he was a teenager, and he says, Dad, i got to be honest with you. I'm struggling a bit. I'm having doubts about Christianity. And Josh came back and says, That's wonderful, son. That's wonderful. Sean says, Dad, did you hear what I said? I'm having doubts about Christianity. Josh says, no, I heard exactly what you're saying. He says, what that tells me is that you're making your faith your own. You're not a Christian just simply because I and your mother are Christians. You're becoming a Christian. You're growing in your faith because God is dealing with you and working with you, and he's going to answer these questions. But he says, son, when you have these questions, don't go at it alone. Don't hide it up because what I, what part of my problem was as a youth is I put a Band-Aid on a large gash. And when problems came, those doubts resurfaced and that gash was still there. But God, through answering these questions, has used Sean in a great degree. He recently graduated with his Ph.D. from Southern Seminary, is helping his dad now rewrite the book Evidence That Demands a Verdict, and is being used by God to bring many people to faith. The point I'm trying to simply say is this. Doubt in and of itself is not evil, but how you respond to that doubt may determine whether you last or whether you don't. Now, the, the situation we're simply looking at is if you come to God with an honest heart, seeking the answers that you may have to the questions that you may have, God will provide you with the answers because He holds the power over all things and He can provide you the truth to those who seek the truth. The truth, the Bible says, will be found. And Jesus says, you shall know the truth and that truth shall set you free. Amen? 
Praise God for that. I, I, I am here in the ministry today because Christianity is true. I'm not here today because I wish Christianity be true or because I hope Christianity to be true. I'm here today because there's solid evidence that indicates that Jesus of Nazareth truly walked out of that grave on the first Easter Sunday. And praise God for that because you know what that means? That also means that there's really a heaven. That also means that he's really coming back. And that also means that what we find in the Bible is true. Praise God. Amen? Praise God. So when we come to God with our doubts, He will provide us with faith. And praise God for that. Number four, and last but certainly not least, God amazingly eclipses our sickness with His healing. Now we see this in verses 15 and 16. They brought the sick out on the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. As I'm looking across, I see some of you have been facing a lot of health issues. But I'm here today to tell you God is greater. Amen? God is greater than, than any situation that may come across our way. He is, and praise God, I'm here today to tell you that one day, these bodies of flesh, God is going to raise them from the dead. And that means when He does so, and we are reunited, our souls are reunited with these bodies, you know what that means? We're going to have a bodies that, Nolan, need no more knee replacements. We're going to have a body, Janet, that need no more, praise God for this, glasses or eye, eye surgeries. I wear contact lenses. <laughs> Let me tell you, if I didn't wear my contact lenses, I couldn't see anybody. I could see as close as this, and that would be about it. Patsy, aren't you glad we won't have to worry about our arms or anything like that? We won't have to worry about any of this. Diabetes, cancer will be no more. Praise God for that, because through Christ we find ultimate healing. It may be that God will heal us on this side of eternity, or it may be that God will heal us on the, next, on the other side of eternity. But through Christ we have life. Through Christ we have the resurrection. Through Christ we have even the power over, praise God, hell itself. James tells us in James 4, 7, if we submit ourselves to God and we resist the devil, the devil has absolutely no choice but to flee from you. Aren't you glad of that? If we submit ourselves completely to God, that means not giving just a 50% of ourselves, but giving Him all of ourselves. We stand up, we take on the armor of God, we resist the devil, then He has no choice but to flee because He has no power over you. Praise God. Amen? He has no power over you. So let us not think that our problems are bigger than God. Let us be reminded that God is far bigger than any problem or any circumstance that may come our way. And if you believe that, let me hear you say amen. Last, but let me just close with this. There are, uh, as, as you know, in our area, now, from what I understand, if total eclipses, this may not be the tr case, but don't quote me on this. But in our area, in our, with our eclipse tomorrow, we're going to have a 90% blockage of the sun, which will be enough that we're going to experience a lot of the stuff that happens with the eclipse, there'll be just a small sliver of the sun that you'll still see. And so they're warning everybody, and as your pastor, I need to warn you too, don't look at it unless you have NASA-approved solar glasses. These NASA-approved solar glasses come with an ISO uh, ranking on there. They have to be certified through NASA. 
to have a certain uh, uh, blockage that will keep out the UV rays because if you don't have that, you will fry your eyes. And it's irreparable, they said, if, if, with the type of power. And isn't that amazing, the type of power that comes from the sun, that if we look at it for any length of time, we'll fry our eyes. Just think about this, God is far stronger than any sun, <laughs> moon, or star, amen? He's even far more powerful than any solar eclipse, far more powerful than any star in the universe. But it's an amazing thing to me that with these glasses, we could still look at it despite how dark they may be. It's amazing that we, that we have the tool to do that. And I started thinking, you know, the sun's glares will harm us if we look straight at it. But with these glasses, we can look at that and not be harmed from it. I think in a, in a similar fashion, God does the same thing with us. When we have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can look at any problem through the lens of God and not be harmed. Yes, we're going to have sicknesses. Yes, we're going to have problems in life. We're going to have all these things that come our way because if you're a threat to God, He's going to throw at you everything He has. But if you have the lenses of God on and you have the Holy Spirit of God on, you can face any circumstance that comes your way because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. And who is that He? That He is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Almighty God from eternity to eternity, who resides in you and who will give you the power, who gives you, in a matter of speaking, these lenses to be able to look at no matter what problem may be coming your way and be able to face it with power and with integrity and with authority. That's the power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me ask you, what are you waiting for? You can come and receive him. Listen, folks, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. There's no sin too great that, God, that Christ won't forgive you for it. You may say, there's no way that someone could love me despite the things. There may be things going in your mind even now. But understand, the blood of Christ has atoned those sins. And he's just simply calling you if you have never received him. He's simply calling you to come down and receive him before it's eternally too late. It's not God's desire for you to go to hell. It's God's desire for you to join him in the heaven that he wants to prepare for you. And if you have that gnawing at your heart, even now as we speak, that's the Holy Spirit of God working in your heart, wooing you towards Christ, leading you towards Christ. So if you're here today and you've never made that commitment, let me encourage you to do that. Maybe you're here today and maybe you have some problems Maybe the devil's been after you for some time. <laughs> Understand this, going back to what Philip said at Bible study one time, that's because you're a threat. And I believe it's absolutely right. Maybe the devil's been after you, and maybe you've been discouraged, maybe by something that's taking place. And maybe you want to rededicate your life to Christ, or maybe you just want to lay those problems down before the feet of the cross. We encourage you to do that. Or if you'd like to come and join the ministry of Huntsville Baptist Church, Whatever God is saying and doing in your heart and your life, we just encourage you to come and respond as the Holy Spirit calls. Dear kind and gracious God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can feel your Spirit so strong here today. And we just ask, Lord, that through this invitation that you would have your will and your way, if there's someone here that knows you not, we pray that today would be the day of salvation for that person. Lord, we thank you for your love and your grace and your ask blessings upon this time of invitation. In Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen.
views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of bellatorchristi.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christi podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Michaela Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment. Be sure to visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe so that you can receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox for free. Catch us on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you the next time as we enter into the arena of ideas. When I first wrote Evidence That Demands a Verdict, truth wasn't so much an issue as what is truth, can you know truth, but now it is. Some of the issues are different because of the internet, like the claim that Jesus doesn't even exist. Are there other Gospels that should have been in the Bible? Is Christianity just a copycat religion? So when we updated this, because I hear it from students so often, I thought we have to have the single best chapter that responds to this claim, and I think we do. We had to rewrite Evidence demands a verdict because there's so much new evidence out there. It's like one Greek scholar said, the evidence now for the scriptures is like a tsunami, an avalanche that is hitting. And we want you to be aware of that. We want every young person, every student, every pastor, every professor to be aware of the new evidence out there. To understand not just what they believe, but why they believe it. Evidence that demands a verdict. On sale everywhere October 3rd, 2017. Go to hashtag true evidence. God has called us to reach unbelievers and skeptics with the claims that Jesus Christ has on their lives. And typically it's heart issues that keep them from receiving Christ as Creator, Lord, and Savior. But people always have these intellectual issues. And it's hard to get to the heart issues until you get past the issues of the mind. The heart cannot rejoice in what the mind rejects. Which is why I'm thrilled that this year, Southern Evangelical Seminary is sponsoring an apologetics conference titled Pursuing a Faith That Thinks, October 13th and 14th in Charlotte. And this is your opportunity to be equipped by the best thinkers in the Christian community and how to get people past their intellectual barriers so that you can expose their heart issues and lead them to faith in Jesus Christ. National Conference on Christian Apologetics 2017 held October 13th and 14th at Calvary Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to conference.ses.edu. The National Conference on Christian Apologetics, defending a faith that thinks. Our university was founded with a purpose. A purpose that inspires us and drives us toward greatness. That purpose is our passion. And we strive every day to pass this passion along to our students. It's purpose that defines us. It's not about what we do or how we do it. It's about why we were created, why we've chosen this path. We believe there's a place 
where Christian values are cherished, where American traditions are upheld, and a world-class education can be achieved. That place is Liberty University. We come from all across the country. We bring with us a wide variety of dreams, but we're united by Christ, by our ideals, and by a genuine desire to make the world a better place. Each graduate leaves here equipped with the tools needed to make a difference. They leave here as doctors, as lawyers, as aeronautical engineers, but it was purpose that brought them to liberty. We believe in working from within. We believe in our purpose. We believe our purpose led us to become the world's largest Christian university. We believe that greatness and goodness are ends, not means. We believe in liberty. To find out more about Liberty University, go to liberty.edu or call 855-466-9220.